I thought you all would enjoy what your attitude looks like tomorrow morning. <clears throat> um, isn't that how you sound on your way to work? I expect for quite a few of you that would not be the case. There's a lot of different attitudes about work, isn't there? For s there's a few who that would reflect your eagerness, your fun of going to work. There's probably a lot of the rest who would say, yeah, not so much. And there would even be some who would be at the opposite end, who would say, I hate work. I can't wait to retire. It's a necessary evil. I got to do it, but it sure wouldn't be my choice. How do you see your job? If we did that scale of one to ten, where one is, I hate my job, and ten is, I, I just love work, where would you be? What number would you give yourself? We have been talking about blessed. Today's the final sermon in the sermon series. And the concept that we've been looking at is that God blesses us, every one of us, whether we have a lot or a little, the reality is we, we are blessed by God, but that he does that for a purpose. It's not just, not only because he's a generous God or he loves blessing us, but the idea that he actually blesses us for a purpose. That he wants to, in turn, see us use those blessings to bless others. And that through us to show other people that he cares about them. We're blessed to be a blessing. And we've looked at that in numerous areas. We've looked in that in who we are, what we can do, our abilities, our skills, our personalities, the things we're passionate about, our, our shape. And how would God want to use all of that to in turn be a blessing to others? We've probably got almost 30 people in two classes that started this week discovering their shape. And I'm thrilled with that. And I know God is thrilled with that. But it's not just our shape. We took a week and talked about, well, what about the resources God gives us? Those blessings. And could those be not just for me to enjoy, but could those blessings be blessings God wants us to use to bless others? And last week we talked about our relationship. And all those people around us, our relationships, and, and how could God want to use us through those relationships to bless others. But what does all that have to do with work? Would that fit? Could that fit? Could it be that work, my work, is something more than just a job? Could care, God care about your work, your work? I'm not talking about the ideal job, I'm talking about the one you've got. 
Could God care about your boss? The people you work with, good and bad. Could God care about that mindless job that you've got that is so repetitive and you're bored with? Could God care about that? Could God use that? Could there be some real value in your work? Could all of that be part of God's purpose for your life? If, if it was, wouldn't that change your perspective on work? If you suddenly realize that that job that you go to every, every day, every week, that God had some purpose in that, some things He wanted to do. And, and I want to speak to everybody here today. We all work. Some are retired. You still work. You may not get a paycheck anymore, but you work. There's things you do. Are you a stay-at-home mom? You work. Oh, you work. You know, whatever we may be doing, there's things we do. There's our work. And so I want to speak to everybody today because I believe God has some purpose behind all of that, that work that you have. And wouldn't it change everything if work wasn't just pointless and mindless and a place where there's all this competition and people trying to get ahead? What if there was a higher purpose there? Well, all of that comes back to the question of how we see ourselves. And, and, and we've wrestled with that. That maybe we need to see ourselves a little differently to understand how God has blessed us and wants to bless others through us. You see, a lot of us come today or, or begin the week feeling like, I'm not important. What I do is not important. I'm not worth a lot. But we've seen over these last few weeks that that's not true. That is a lie from Satan. He is the father of all lies and he, he delights in sending that lie to you constantly. You're not worth anything. You don't matter. You're not important. And Satan delights in telling you that lie so often you start to believe it because it's a contradiction of what God says. And we've looked at that over these last few weeks. How David said in Psalm 139, when he looked at himself and he realized what God had made him to be, he said, God, you've made me and you've made me fearfully and wonderfully. And how that was sort of a wow for David. Look how you've made me. And that's true for you. If you'll see yourself as God does. And we've looked at that Ephesians 2.10 passage where God designed us. God was involved in creating you and not only in creating you, but he actually has things for you to do. For you, nobody else, for you. He has things he wants to do through you. And that he is at work in you even now. That you are God's work project. And he wants and is working in your life because of how he's made you and the things he wants to accomplish through you. The challenge becomes, will you take God up on his offer? 
will you begin to see yourself differently and realize, even me, I didn't think I had much to give. These scriptures say, God made me and he has things, I do have things to give. Somehow he wants to do something through me. That changes our whole perspective. But it's a choice we have to make. We have to choose. God won't force that on us. We have to say, okay, God, I want to do that work. I want to understand my shape. And I want to look for how you want to use me. I want to bless others as you've blessed me. The question is, will you let God use you? Will you be that blessing? Romans 12 is a challenging verse, an exciting verse, a threatening verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I need to stop there for just a second, because we don't do sacrifices a lot anymore. When Paul wrote this, everybody would have been familiar immediately to what he was talking about. But what you did back then, instead of passing an offering plate, there was a place called an altar. usually had a fire on it. And you gave your offering at that altar. And that might be a lamb, it might be an animal, it might be a bushel of your grain... Whatever God had blessed you with, you gave some back to him. And you took it to the altar and you laid it there. And when you did that, it wasn't yours anymore. You had given that sacrifice to God. It was his to use. It was for him. And you laid that sacrifice there. Now in Paul's day when he wrote this, everybody knew what that looked like. But what he was saying is for all of us as Christians... That's what God's looking for from us. Are we willing to take our lives and lay it on the altar and say, God, I'm, I'm yours, yours to use. However you want to use me, God, I'm putting myself there on the altar, and I'm not mine anymore, I'm yours. Now the problem with living sacrifices is they can crawl off the altar, take ourselves back. And that's why Paul says daily, we have to make that choice again. Every day we need to wake up and say, God, I'm yours today. How can you use me? Now to get a better handle around this verse, I put on the screen the message paraphrase. So here, this is Romans 12.1 in the message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, your gift. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Do you catch that last sentence? Embracing what God is trying to do for you, through you, that's the greatest gift you can give God. That's a wonderful concept that we'll give ourselves to God and say, God, however you want to use me, even if that's at work. 
So how do we see ourselves differently? That God could actually use me at my work is an amazing new possibility. You, your job. So, how does that work? How could we be blessed at work? I mean, bless others. Well, the Bible does talk about work. It has actually quite a few verses about work. But I want to look at one particular passage today because it talks to the people who have the absolute worst job in the world. You think you have a bad job? They had a worse. And yet God says, yeah. And he talks to these huge bosses. And they're both in the same passage. If you'll turn over to Ephesians 6, first I want to talk to the people who are working. Paul writes to the slaves. And I know you think you may think you have a bad job, but uh, you're not a slave. So let's first read the passage to the slaves. Ephesians 6, starting with verse 5. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they're slave or free. That's a different perspective on work, isn't it? Now hold your finger there. We're going to talk to the masters, read about the masters in a minute. But what a challenge to see that I'm not just working for that boss, that supervisor that may irritate me and drive me nuts and may be a jerk. But to realize, no, I want to do that as if I was working for Christ. Because I ultimately am Christ's servant. And how does he want to use me here? But now if you're more of a manager, if you're the boss, if you maybe own that business... There's a passage for you, and that starts in verse 9. And masters, those who have total control, who own that slave, masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. There will be accountability for you, and you need to treat them as if they were Christ. For you are a slave of Christ. And so treat them as if you would treat Christ if you were supervising him. So if we are God's child, and if Jesus is our master, our leader, then how we see others, how we go about our work, is we're going to see it differently. We're going to have a different perspective. And we're going to want to do that job as Christ would do it. So, could God actually use me at my job for a higher purpose? And that's really the question I want us to wrestle with today. I'd like to give you some ideas of how God might want to use you at your job for a higher purpose. Wherever you are, whatever your work is. Again, 
And that speaks to all of us, whether we get a paycheck or not. The first way that I wanted to think about that is the people around you. Whatever that work environment be, that circle around you. And we talked about this last week, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on this one. But the reality is there's all kinds of people around us at work that we have relationships with, good or bad, difficult, maybe some strangers we run into through work, but to see them in a new way that God might want me Want, might want to use me to somehow touch their lives. And remember we talked about bless last week? Simple things like praying for them, listening to them, sp- pushing myself to spend some time with them, not just work beside them. Look for opportunities to even serve them, help them in some way. All of those relationships around you at work God wants to use you to touch those lives. If you'll open your eyes and realize that you might be God's instrument, God's tool that he wants to use in that situation at work. Which brings us to the next one is maybe there's some difficult situations at work. Maybe you're involved directly in them. Maybe you're just sort of observing them happen in front of you. Maybe it's conflict. Maybe there's some problem in a person's life or in this group's life. Maybe you're seeing people struggle with each other or or work against each other. Is there a way God might want to use you to bring His love into that situation? To maybe bring a different perspective into it? And I realize to say that out loud stretches us with Minnesota nice. Because our culture says, don't get involved. You watch, you maybe talk to somebody else about it, but you certainly don't get involved. But please see that sometimes that may be the very thing God wants you to do. To help. Not to be a part of the problem. But to be involved to represent God there. And a new perspective. Helping people move on. Helping people see a new option. And that God would ask you, would love for you to be a part of the solution. Get involved in that difficult situation. Here's another one that will stretch you. Decisions that are made at work that you may be some part of, that you may be able to offer some uh, opinion about, some thought on. You see, decisions at work, how often is God's perspective in the discussion? And maybe He would want you to add a little bit of His perspective. And you don't have to use all kinds of churchy language. You don't have to quote Scripture. You don't have to say, well, I think God says... But just in the part of the discussion, what if you said, well, what if we did this? Or, you know, I, I think this, there's more than just prophets here. What about these people? You see, we are blessed if we understand Jesus and God in Scripture. Sometimes we see things differently. And again, our culture has said, well, don't bring your faith to work. Uh, don't, don't force your faith on anybody else. And 
I'm not saying force your faith on anybody else. But you can speak your perspective. And maybe it's as simple as saying, I'm not comfortable with this. What if we went this way? Or have we ever thought about this? Could you be that voice of Jesus in some of those discussions at work? Some of those the decisions? Valuing people over money? Realizing that losing to help others can actually be a good thing? There's all kinds of ways that you can be a part of a decision at work. And God could use you there. Another option is to use your company for good. Your job, the team you're on. Could you help your folks be a blessing to others in some way? Maybe it's making a donation. Maybe it's getting involved in doing something to serve others. And helping people see what that looks like. Maybe it's doing some free work for somebody who's in need and can't afford it, but needs that help. Maybe it's working on the family promise van that something's not working right and they don't have the money to repair the van. But you know you can fix it. Maybe it's making a donation of something that you know is going to get thrown away, but you know a mission or a church or a Christian school or a a group like Family Promise or Safe Families could maybe use that equipment and you help that happen. Maybe it's making a logo for the church building. Most of you probably don't know the story on this, but if you come in the southeast entrance, you'll see a large, carefully laser-cut metal fish of our logo as you come in. I happen to know that Mark Larson does this for a living at his business. He does high-end technical laser cutting. I said, Mark, do you think you could do this for us? And Mark, being a very good employee, went to his manager. He didn't sneak it. He didn't steal the metal. He didn't do anything. He says, hey, I want to make this for my church. And we'll pay you for the metal and all that. Is, do you mind if on my break, my extra time, I do this? And his boss said, great. You don't have to pay for the medal. We'll donate it, and you make this. Mark, through his request, allowed his company to be a blessing. And I had his permission to tell this story today. But are there other ways that, that you might be able to help your company I was thinking, what if every 10th job was a donation? Or what if every 10th job was free for a person in need and you ask your company to do that? I understand a lot of times they'll say no, but you're planting a thought. You're showing them how Jesus lives. You're helping them learn it is more blessed to give than to receive. I don't know how it would look, how it could work, but what if you just went to work with that perspective? God, show me if there's some way I can help this company be giving like you are. It could change how we see work. And the last one I want to share is maybe it's helping people find their way home. 
what I'm talking about there, you probably have guessed, is maybe introducing them to Jesus. The one who's changed your life. Your friend, your helper, your savior. Maybe it's introducing to them to their heavenly father that they don't even know. Or they think hates them. Or can't be trusted. And you want to help them meet their real heavenly father who loves them. And cares for them. Now, I've got to go back to last week's sermon. Because for some of you who've been a Christian a long time, you just heard me give you permission to preach at people. And that's not what I'm giving you permission for. We talked about this last week. We need to first let people know we care about them. We need to build relationships with them. We need to bless them. And the last S of that bless is after we've been praying for them, after we've listened with them, after the, we've spent time with them, building relationships, after we've served them in ways so they start to learn we really care, then maybe, with God's help, we'll have a chance to share our own story. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I don't know how you can face that. I couldn't face that without being able to pray. It's, it's changed my life. Do you mind if I pray for you? Most people will be open to that. Or maybe it's that conversation that says, you know, I, I went through some terrible... I didn't think I could trust God either. But I've learned you can trust Him. He showed me that. Here's how. And you just leave it at that. But you're looking for opportunities to just share what you've experienced in hopes that they get a different perspective on Jesus or God and what He's about. So where, where do I start? What person, what situation, where is there a possibility for God to use my job or my company? How could God use you at work to be a blessing to others? To be blessed so you can bless. Here's a prayer I'd like you to think about praying every day when you head to work. I think it might change your perspective on work. God, I want to be available to you today at work. If you can use me in any way, help me pay attention to your Spirit's prompting. Help me see the people around me through your eyes and care about them like you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you be that living sacrifice and say to God on the way to work every day, God, I want you to use me. Here I am. I'm going to work. I want to see work differently. I want to see it through your eyes. And if you can use me, I'm here. Use me. Help me see the people around me like you do. That prayer can change your view of work. It's how God sees you at work. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we have work. 
you designed us for work, that we have purpose, that we do things with our lives. And now we understand that it's not just about making something or fixing something or doing something. It's about things that you're doing, spiritual things, eternal things. So help us see work differently. Help us be willing to give you our lives and let you use us every day as we go to work. In your son's name, amen.